My apologies. Let us now together read from the Catechism from Lord's Day 12. This is about the name Christ. Why is he, that is Jesus, called Christ, that is anointed? Because he has been ordained by God the Father and anointed with the Holy Spirit to be our chief prophet and teacher, who has fully revealed to us the secret counsel and will of God concerning our redemption. Our only high priest, who by the one sacrifice of his body has redeemed us, and who continually intercedes for us before the Father. And our eternal King, who governs us by his word and spirit, and who defends and preserves us in the redemption obtained for us. Why are you called a Christian? Because I am a member of Christ by faith, and thus share in his anointing, so that I may, as prophet, confess his name, as priest, present myself a living sacrifice of thankfulness to him, and as king, fight with a free and good conscience against sin and the devil in this life, and hereafter reign with him eternally over all creatures. As far as the reading of the Catechism. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, as I look out on the congregation this afternoon, I'm fairly confident that all of us here want the Lord's blessing on our lives. We want God's blessing, do we not? Sure we do. The question we need to ask ourselves is, how does God's blessing come to me personally? How do, how do I experience that blessing? And in which way does God bestow his blessing upon me? Well, to answer that question, let's, let's listen first of all to what God promised Abraham in Genesis 12. The Lord promised him, In you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God's blessing to us will be connected in some way to God's dealings with Abraham and his offspring. It'll be through then. Now that promise of God to Abraham is actually quite stunning. All families of the earth blessed. That's because the entire world was under the curse due to the, due to the fall in, in sin. We share in that curse. In fact, not long before Abraham's time, God was angry enough with human sin to destroy the majority of the human race in the flood. And that certainly was not a blessing. And human nature did not improve after the flood. In fact, God could have sent a flood every day by his righteous judgment. So how is it even possible that God will bless in Abraham all the families of the earth, including us sitting here today? Well, it's only possible if the problem of human sin and our sin personally 
is dealt with. Sin must be dealt with. That's the only way the promise will be fulfilled. Now, how does that happen? Well, the rest of Scripture unfolds that for us. What I want us to see specifically this afternoon is this. As we read from Genesis 12 onward, we see that God will bless people from all nations through the work of prophets, priests, and kings. So from Genesis 12 onward, we see God will bless people from all nations through the work of prophets, priests, and kings. That's how God will fulfill his promise to bless all people on earth. And we, if we want some proof, then let me just ask this. Who is the first person to bless Abraham after Genesis 12? Well, it's none other than Melchizedek in Genesis 14. And Melchizedek was a king of Salem and a priest of God Most High. So Abraham, the father of all believers, blessed by a priest king, and the father of all believers is blessed in this way. We should expect the same for us who follow him in the faith. So as we study Lord's Day 12 this afternoon, we'll see that all believers are blessed through that great child of Abraham, the great prophet, priest, and king, our Lord Jesus Christ. And that brings us to the sermon theme, which is this, the Lord fulfills his promise to bless all nations in Abraham through the great prophet, priest, and king, Jesus Christ. And we'll see that these blessings are, first of all, illustrated in Old Testament Israel, second, fulfilled in Jesus Christ, and third, continued through New Testament believers. So as we look at Scripture, we can see prophets, priests, and kings, they, they function on almost every page of the Old Testament, especially as we come to God's covenant at Mount Sinai. Now, what was the purpose of these offices within Israel? Well, we could mention several things. But as we study God's covenant in the Old Testament, we see that God desired to bless his people through these offices. Just think of the Old Testament priests. In his covenant, God pronounced curses for disobedience. And that was certainly a problem for Israel because they, like us, were born in sin with a sinful nature. But instead of immediately cursing his people when they sinned, God provided a way that sin could be atoned for. So that the curses of the law would not fall on them as they deserved. And sin was atoned through the work of the priests. They offered sacrifices of atonement. Atonement is a sacrifice that pays for sin. And they offered them on behalf of the people, showing them that God's curse, the curses for disobedience, might not fall on them, but on the sacrifice instead. And in that way, they could escape the curse upon their sin, which is death. And by the work of priests. But the work of the priests is not all it took for God to bless his people. God also gave blessings for obedience. 
And those blessings for obedience often came through the work of the kings. In Deuteronomy 17, God commanded the kings to keep a personal copy of the law, and they had to read it every day. They had to study it every day. The kings were meant to be the chief obeyers of the law, you could say. They would lead the people in obedience. And by that, God's blessing would overflow to to the whole nation. Look how this worked with obedient kings in the time of Israel. When Israel had righteous kings, God's blessing, it, it filled the nations. Think of the time when Solomon was faithful in Israel. Israel flourished. The people ate and drank and were happy. They followed the king in his obedience. The, the kingdom expanded. Even people from other nations, such as the queen of Sheba, was blessed through his work as king. The temple was built at that time, and when it was finished, we see Solomon blessing the people. Think also what we read in Psalm 72. Psalm 72 describes the reign of the perfect Davidic king. And blessing after blessing came about through that king. And listen also to verse 17. It says, May people be blessed in him. All nations call him blessed. Or as we could translate it, May all nations bless themselves in him. And those words echo God's promise to Abraham in Genesis 12 to bless the nations. So Psalm 72 shows the blessing of God will come to the nations, including us, through the perfect Davidic king. Now there's one more. There's also the work of prophets. What was the role of prophets? How was it connected to blessing? Well, we could see several things. God appointed the prophets to, first of all, proclaim God's promises of salvation. And when the people believed those promises, they were blessed, just as we are. Right? We're, we're blessed by believing the promises of God. God also raised up prophets to call the people to repent from sin, to turn from sin. You see, if the, if the people embraced a life of sin, they put themselves on the pathway to curse. So God raised up prophets. By turning from their wicked ways, the people were brought back to the way of blessing. So God was showing his people that his blessing to them, fulfillment to his promise to Abraham, would come through prophets, priests, and kings. But as we know, as we look at the Old Testament, those, those blessings were often few and far, be, far between. Why was that? Well, think of the Old Testament priests. They were unable to deal effectively with the problem of human sin. Those sacrifices they made from bulls and goats could not take away sin. And the priests themselves were sinners. Sinners cannot pay for the sins of others. Think also of the kings. None of them were perfectly righteous kings. They all had sinful natures. Many were wicked tyrants who led the people in disobedience. 
Solomon too stumbled in sin. So God's promised blessings for obedience could not overflow to the people. Not through those kings. We would need a perfect king for that. Then also the work of the prophets. There were many good and faithful prophets in Israel. But again, what was the problem? The people's hearts were hard. They were hardened to the word of God. Think of what we read in Zechariah 7. God called the people to true obedience, but what happened? He said they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder and and stopped their ears that they might not hear. They made their hearts diamond hard, lest they should hear the law and the words that the Lord of hosts had sent by His Spirit through the former prophets. See, they they made their hearts diamond hard and would not listen to the prophets. And as a result, the, the covenant curses came upon them and did not repent. Instead of being a blessing to all nations, they were scattered among the nations. So we see God's people needed something better. That brings us to our second point. Now, if the work of the Old Testament prophets, priests, and kings ended in failure, we might ask, was it useless? And we must answer, no, of course it wasn't. So what did God accomplish through their work? Well, first, God preserved a remnant of faithful Israelites, and he blessed them. Second, God was showing the need for a better prophet, priest, and king, someone who could give the blessing. And that, of course, is our Lord Jesus Christ. So Christ takes on all three of these offices, and he fulfills them perfectly. And by this work, he fulfills the promised blessings to Abraham. And also, now that Christ has come, as we look at the Old Testament prophets, priests, and kings, we can better understand the work of Christ. We can see the work of Christ through that Old Testament lens. Give us a picture of what Christ did. So let's look at Christ's work as priest. In the priesthood of Christ, we have finally someone who can pay for our sins. See, Christ is a perfect priest. He's holy, innocent, unstained, set apart from sinners. Doesn't need to sacrifice for his own sins. And by his sacrifice as priest on the cross, the curse for our disobedience has been removed. Christ made lasting atonement. His sacrifice really pays for your sins that the curse of God might not fall upon you, but His blessing might come to you instead. And Christ, as high priest, perfectly represents us before God. He makes access to God possible. And through that intercession, again, the blessings of God come to us. That's how we gain access to them. Let's also look at his work as king. Christ is the perfectly righteous and obedient king. The king Israel needed so badly. He always kept the law. Remember, God promised blessings for obedience. Christ obeyed perfectly. 
And Christ is our righteousness before God. So the, the blessings of God can, can flow into our lives through our King, Jesus Christ. And the blessings of Christ's rule, they, they far surpass the golden age of Solomon. You know, so, as you read the, the scriptures on, on the reign of Solomon, you know, life flourished in Israel. But Christ as King gives us eternal life. He has conquered death. He now enjoys eternal life. We share in his victory as king. So he shares his life, his eternal life with us who believe. We're already raised with him. We're already seated with him in heaven through faith. We share in the blessings of his reign. Remember the blessings described in Psalm 72... It's through the perfect Davidic king, and Christ is that king. He reigns from heaven, and now he's spreading his kingdom over all the earth. All nations blessed in him. Let's finally look at his work as prophet. As prophet, Christ perfectly spoke the word of God. Now, the Old Testament prophets, they spoke the word of God faithfully too, so what's, what's the difference? Well, the difference is that this prophet is also the Son of God, and he poured out the Holy Spirit upon the church. See, in Zechariah 7, God proclaimed that his people did not listen to his prophets because they made their hearts diamond hard. So the the hardest they possibly could make them, right? Diamond hard, diamonds are the hardest mineral on earth. Well, what does it take to cut through a diamond-hard heart? It takes the work of the Holy Spirit. See, Christ poured out the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and Peter, he preached to those people, convicting them of their sin, and what happened? By the power of the Holy Spirit, they they were cut to the heart. Right? For so often, the Israelites, they, they made their hearts diamond hard, but now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, they were cut to the heart. And as they repented, the blessings from God then flowed into their lives. Think of what the apostles proclaimed in Acts 3. They said that Moses told them God would raise up another prophet. Christ is that prophet, so they must listen to him. In Acts 3, the apostles declare, every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. Now, those are stark words. Whoever does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. That's the curse right there. Take them to heart. Listen to Jesus Christ. He's the prophet. Think again of Old Testament Israel. Did did Old Testament Israel ever receive a blessing by ignoring the prophets? Of course, they didn't. Read your Bible. You can see it. It just brought them one pain after another, one trouble after another. Take care not to repeat their mistake. There's no blessing if we reject the word of Christ. 
But notice what the apostles also say in Acts 3. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. There's that promise again. Then they connect it to Christ's work as prophet. They say, God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Christ, as prophet, blesses us by turning us from our sin. There's no blessing in a life of sin. Listen to Christ's voice. How is your heart? Is it diamond hard to the word of God? Listen to that word. Take it to heart. Put it into practice. Turn from sin. And it is a blessing to be free from sin. Life of sin is a life of pain. So heed his word always. There's blessing in that. And that brings us to point number three. So yes, God's promise is fulfilled in Christ, but there's more. God calls us into his service. He anoints us with the Holy Spirit for this task. 1 John 2, verse 20. You have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. So all of us who are Christians who believe we're anointed ones, we're joined to Christ by faith, and now we too are prophets, priests, and kings. And the Spirit equips us for these offices. And as we grow in them, then we're going to be a blessing to other people. It will happen. See, don't you know you can be such a blessing to this world? All of you sitting here. And you will be a blessing if you grow in these calling, in these offices. Of course, a blessing we are to the world, it's not the same that Christ gives. We can't pay for someone else's sin. We can't give someone else eternal life. But you will be a blessing. Think only of the office as priest, the office of priest. Listen to Lord's Day 12. As priest, I may present myself a living sacrifice of thankfulness to him. Well, I can assure you, the more your life is a sacrifice of thankfulness to God, the more you will bless other people. You will bless other people by, by living that sacrificial life. Think of the life of Christ. His entire life was one of sacrifice. What a blessing that was. Well, think about how are you going to be a blessing to someone else by, by sacrificing yourself giving up your life for others. How will you be a blessing to others? People will benefit. Think also of our office as king. Lord's, Lord's Day 12. As king, I am to fight with a free and good conscience against sin and the devil in this life. See, Satan's aim and sin's aim are to rule in this world. That's what Satan wants. He wants to be ruler of this world Sin aims to dominate your life. 
sin aims to dominate our culture and this world. But what is that rule going to bring? It's going to bring a lot of destruction. We can see that around us. People are embracing all kinds of sin. What happens just brings more destruction in our world and our culture. So we all need to fight. Fight against the sin in our own lives. And fight also in this world with the Word of God. We face individual battles every day. And the more you fight and overcome sin in your life, I guarantee you, you will be more of a blessing to other people. See, this, the sin in our lives, it doesn't just affect us. No, it affects other people. And the more we fight against that sin by the power of the Holy Spirit, the more we will bless those around us. Lastly, let's look at the role as prophet. God calls us to speak words that will bless other people. And God made your tongue for a beautiful purpose, to, to be a blessing to others. So think about, think about the words you speak every day. When you look at the words you speak, would you say that the way you speak brings a blessing to other people? Or do you spend more time cursing and bringing them down? Now, scripture warns about the destructive force of the tongue. James says it's a restless evil full of deadly poison. But the tongue can be used for great blessing. Proverbs 15, verse 4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. How you speak as prophet can make such an impact in this world and on other people. And God's promises to Abraham are also fulfilled in how you speak every day. And God might call you to bless someone else by turning them from their wicked ways. No prophets are called to speak out against sin. We might be a blessing to other people by warning them or correcting them. Do you ever speak out against sin or, or are you silent? God calls you to speak. It might be hard to do, but you have the Spirit. And when you speak out, you will bless other people. And above all, we can be a blessing to this world as we speak about our Lord Jesus Christ. You are a prophet of Christ. If you want to bless this world, then talk about your Savior. Talk about Him at work. Talk about Him at school. Speak about Him. In fact, I encourage you to make it your goal this week to tell someone else about the Lord Jesus Christ. Make it your goal. By God's grace, as we tell others about our Savior, they too will find the blessing of God in Christ. Amen.